What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another Niners Nation podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. Uh, Michelle Majuk is off today, so we thought we'd do something a little different. Want to do uh, an interview with you. Obviously, Trey Lance is dominating the 49ers world here. So I thought I would talk to a former quarterback, get his take, and basically see if the stuff I've been saying all week and basically since they drafted him is totally crazy. So Let's go to Houston. Let's welcome in Sean Salisbury. You hear him on Sports Talk 790 from 6 to 10 a.m. Central Time. Sean, how you doing? My man, Rob, what's going on, brother? I'm doing great. Good to be on with you. I mean, you are loaded in the background with your Niner <laughs> gear. I love it. It's, it's been too long, but I mean, I know we're, we're in touch, but we're not like visual with each other. So it's great to be on and uh, always a pleasure to see you. I've known Sean for a long time, back when I was an intern at ESPN. I always wanted to thank you, Sean. Uh, you probably don't even remember this, but it always sticks out in my mind. So we were doing the NFL show on Sunday afternoon, and we were in a break, and you were going to tell a story to, I believe it was Eric Casillas. It was some behind-the-scenes story. I don't even remember the particulars of that. But before you started, Eric said, hold on, does he need to leave? And he pointed to me, the intern that nobody knew. And you looked at me and you were like, no, man, he's cool. And I always appreciated that, that you didn't kick me out of the room for the story. I, I, listen, man, whether it's an intern or somebody who's a 25 year veteran, everybody's the same family and everybody treats. I had some of the best times in my life. I remember it well because I remember doing it with Eric and you being there and our relationship uh, uh, as it expanded and developed and all the great people. So now, my man, that was it was nothing more than the fact that I've always trusted you. And uh, why wouldn't I let you in on some good stories? We've been sharing them forever. So why not some others? But I appreciate you, man. Thank you. Oh, well, thank you. And uh, I'm, I'm fortunate to have heard that story and fortunate to have kept in touch with you throughout now. God, did you like the years. story? Fun story. I, I, always good I, stories. I mean, if people only knew the stories that you had. <laughs> I mean, there's well, a book. Some know, yeah. There's a book to be read and, and yes. written, right, my man? And, and I'll have you write the foreword. There you go, bud. <laughs> All right. I'm down. Let me know. Um, right. So Trey Lance obviously is the center of the 49ers world right now. I have been from the second they drafted him, whoever they drafted, if it was Lance, if it was Fields, whoever, I've been start the kid immediately. Let's get to our future. The first day of the rest of our lives needs to start. And I've been playing right away. I saw him out there on Sunday. I thought he did some good, some bad, but it hasn't changed my mind. Where do you come down in the whole Lance Garoppolo thing? I, I, I'm with you. Now, listen, as a guy who's played against veteran, I wasn't a first round pick in, in that position. Jimmy's a good player stats. You and I both, he's a good player, mm -hmm. but I don't think they'd have gone after Stafford or moved up with two first round picks. And then remember the Stafford stuff was going on before they, before they went after Trey right. Lance and moved up in the draft and stuff that, that we finally got, we're privy to after it all happened. If they thought there wasn't a ceiling on Jimmy's game. Now, does that mean Jimmy can't play? No. And Jimmy may have a great season. The key here is that if Kyle determines coming out of this training camp, that the rookie is close to when it comes to understanding, but couldn't break through the ceiling with some great plays. For instance, if we're winning 23 to 13 on a weekly basis, but with a few more explosives, meaning plays, the chunk plays, or the stuff that Jimmy can't do that Trey can, and it'd be 33 to 13, you have to make the change. I see, I, I am long past the, oh, we, what about his feelings? And what about <laughs> Jimmy's feelings? Or what about Trey Lance, if he gets his feelings hurt or loses confidence after three interceptions, which is going to happen, I don't care because guess what? If you're worried about the, the, 
the fragility of Trey Lance or Mac Jones, then you shouldn't have drafted their ass anyway that high. Because what are you going to do when it's three minutes to go and we need 13 points and it's inclement weather and they're driving to win, they're getting booed. I know he said, well, Sean, how often that happens? It happens more than people think. And I need that guy to take me from a team that is just getting by to a team with this person. If there was ever a time to start a rookie, if he was not swimming or drowning, should I say, in all the football, you know, all reading coverages because it's the NFL and a, and a big leap from where he is because he really hadn't played a full season since, hell, two-plus years ago at North Dakota State. So I get right. it. But if he's not swimming and he has a grasp of what's going on, I got to ask myself, okay, if we take a step back, can we take three steps forward with Lance quickly? And with this roster healthy stats, how the hell? I mean, it isn't like he's going to the Jets that Zach Wilson's <laughs> going to get the hell beat out of him and right. still have to make plays. So, listen, I have all the respect in the world for Jimmy, but I believe there are certain plays that Trey Lance can make, and I've felt like this just like you before the draft, that Jimmy can't make. There's, now there's probably some things doing that Jimmy can read right now that Trey Lance is not ready for because he's young. But the chalkboard doesn't move. The whiteboard doesn't move. The way to do it is, can this guy make us more explosive and give us a chance to do something above and beyond? If we can win 10 with Jimmy, can we win 12 with Trey? So Jimmy may start from the beginning, but think about the pressure that's on him. Stats, he's not playing in San Francisco past this year. Right. He's not. It doesn't matter what he does. It, it doesn't matter what he does. They're just increasing the value. I hope for Jimmy, and he could start at a lot of other places. Lance is just a better – he's a better all-around player. All that comes down for me is, can he handle – the uh, failures that he'll go through, but more importantly, can he make us better regardless and get us through stuff that Jimmy may not be able to, even though Jimmy's more equipped right now football-wise because he's been in it longer? I don't think it's going to be long. I'll be shocked if we're in October and he's not playing, unless the 49ers with their roster are 4-0, and they very well could be. If they start off slow or if it's even, play the rookie and let him go out there and get the hell kicked out of him and learn on the run because he has got more skill set that's why they drafted him and traded up to get him. I agree 1,000%. And for the people that say like, oh, well, Lance can take over after a few weeks, my question would be, what is he going to get so much better at in those three or four or five weeks that you don't want to start him right away? He's not. I'll tell you how he's going to get better. Like I said, I'm all for it. If I was on that team and I was a tight end or a defensive end and – as much as you may have an affinity, like if, you know, if, if you're close with Jimmy, still as players, you're going to, you want the best the guy who gives you the best chance to win. Of course. Jimmy has right today from what I've seen. And I, and I, I pounded the table at times for Jimmy last year saying, let's give him a little more respect, but I do believe there's a ceiling and I, I'll stand on a table for him, but you know what? I'll stand on the table and jump for Trey Lance. I, I, I love his skill set, but he's not going to learn anything in two weeks or three weeks watching now over two years I'd hope he'd learn but when people say well look at the luxury that Aaron Rodgers had with Favre listen Aaron Rodgers was going to be great with or without sitting behind Favre because there he's got the balls of a daytime burglar the ball comes out quick we he just it was just a matter of not if but when he got it and Favre's a hall of famer not everybody has the luxury most of the time Steve Young replacing Montana or Brett Favre being replaced by Aaron Rodgers you don't get that luxury and when we draft those guys and move up they're not, we're not here to say, I'll see you in four years. Screw that. We're here to play them. So I, I'll say it in New England. I'll say it here anywhere. If they're even or it's close, play the rookie. And you're going to learn far more 
with real stuff flying around than you are sitting in a quarterback meeting room yes. watching the other guy play. You just don't. That's what I don't get. Like people always say, oh, Patrick Mahomes sat behind Alex Smith. Like, do people really think that Patrick Mahomes was not going to be amazing unless he sat for 16 games behind Alex? I mean, come on. Stats, and you know, you make such a good point. Remember that season. And Alex Smith, you know, talk about a guy who deserves, but not only for the unbelievable comeback and the incredible story. Alex Smith had a, a good career. He yes. be, you know, you're, you got a hundred quarterback rating and you get replaced by Colin Kaepernick. You're put, <laughs> you, you put up a kind of a Pro Bowl type year, but you got the guy who's the greatest player on the planet right now behind you. And think about Jimmy's going through the same. Think about this. And Trey Lance was drafted higher than Mahomes was. I'm not saying he's better, but he was. Yep. So coming out of school, he was held. I mean, Trey Lance has been held in high regard, just like Mahomes was. And in some cases, maybe higher because of the system Pat Mahomes came from and wondering if, well, could he adjust from Texas Tech, the NFL? And obviously he did. But you think about that. Alex Smith played well that year, but there yes. was nothing he could do to keep that job. Jimmy can go out and go to the Pro Bowl. And guess where he's going to be quarterbacking next year? Not here. <laughs> meaning San Francisco. And that's no knock on Jimmy. He may go be a pro bowler in a Super Bowl somewhere else. You're going to play the guy who gives you the most upside, especially if you can grasp it mentally. And, and the Mahomes thing too. Listen, if Mahomes would have played in game three of that year, his rookie year, guess what? He'd have, we, we would have realized seven games later how good he was anyway. You would have seen the flashes of it and said, I'm willing to deal with some of the stress I got to go through in order to get the most out of Mahomes. It's going to happen, and I think all five of these start first-round picks are going to start at some point earlier and sooner than later. I think it's a unique group. I totally agree with you. These guys are going to play, and you kind of touched on it. I mean, the, the guys see this in practice, right? They see, yeah, they see some of the rookie mistakes, but they see some of the wow throws and plays, and they know. Like, you look at that throw he had against the Chiefs. Jimmy Garoppolo is not physically capable of making a throw outside one hash 50 yards down the field way outside the opposite hash mark perfectly in stride like the the other 49ers know jimmy cannot make that play and two things about that you are one rob you're you're so right and it's not only just make that play make that play consistently to where it becomes like a 12 yard curl route right <laughs> it's all this is just this is what he does and the other part of that extension of it is getting to the point where you can buy time to make that play if you have to. There's an awareness that some have. And lastly, yes, I have never been on a field where the players didn't know before the coaches, okay? <laughs> Regardless of when the coach makes the decision, sometimes even the guy who's playing, who's starting at quarterback, knows that mm. the cat behind him, listen, as much as I love Alex Smith, if we're having a beer and it's a, and it's a come to Jesus real conversation and I love Alex Smith and I, and I do, and I, I'm a, I'm a fan of Jimmy's too. I root for people's success. I do. They can't all be successful. If Alex was sitting here right now and you said, Hey man, in, in truth, when did you know that the dude behind you was better? I'm sure he would say, Oh, about two weeks into training camp. <laughs> Honestly, now maybe not better at that time, but knew that the ceiling was not only the ceiling, but the floor was higher for Mahomes. And that's another thing, Stats. We're always looking at up, but what about the floor? I think the floor for Jimmy can drop a lot farther than the floor for Trey Lance, meaning the fall could go that Lance at his worst maybe is going to be better than Jimmy at his worst because he can do things that you mentioned, making plays like if he's having a six for 21 day, 
that there may be three more plays in the game where he bought time and threw across the field that maybe Jimmy can't make. So it's not just where they go, but whose floor is closer to the ceiling. And I would say that that's Trey Lance. And I don't even have a hesitation in saying it yet. I'm rooting for Jimmy, but the Trey Lance call to the bullpen is going to probably be sooner than later. You can tell Kyle's hitting now. He's trying without yes. saying he's going to do it. I mean, I, I, I get it. you got to keep everybody engaged. Jimmy's not dumb. And Jimmy knows that this is a year that he wants to win here, but also that he's also playing for another team. Those are just the cold, hard facts. And, that, and it's going to happen. And the question is for 49er fans and for people playing them, how soon are you going to have to face the kid from North Dakota State as opposed to Jimmy? That's a really interesting thing, because I think that's what a lot of 49er fans are afraid of. They're afraid of Trey Lance's floor being lower than Jimmy Garoppolo's floor, because they say, well, if Jimmy stays healthy, we got to the Super Bowl in 2019. So we know we can win with him. But that's interesting that you say you don't think so. You think that Lance at his worst is better than Jimmy Garoppolo at his worst. Early coming out and stats. I'm a big guy in training quarterbacks about make me the easy, simple play right now. If you said who's more equipped to go play an opener, of course, it's Jimmy. Why? Because mentally he shouldn't get me beat, right? He should be There's times when it's like, shouldn't get me beat now physically. There are going to be times Trey Lance early. He is going to miss a hot read, and you know what he's going to do? I've seen it. For, listen, I've seen it from Deshaun Watson here in Houston. It seems like five times a game when he's playing. Mm-hmm. That's for another whole story. He'll miss a blitz coming off the edge, and because he's so athletic, and I saw it when he was a rookie, he'll step out of it, and then you go back and watch the film and say, well, that was on Watson. He missed the blitz. He should have thrown hot. And then you say, yeah, but if it was the other guy, he'd have been sacked, and Watson stepped out of it and still made a play. So, yes, er, of course, early on, the floor drops farther because, well, it's football uh, knowledge and he's been in the same system. Of course, Jimmy's ahead. But here's that. that, That's why when you look at these young guys and you know what I what I like about Lance and when I watch Zach Wilson, I don't ever feel like those guys that young. And it's changed over the years stats that there's any anxiety with them. Maybe there is, but it almost feels like they're just kind of freewheeling. I don't think they know what they don't know at times. Right. Because yeah. when they come back for year two, they're going to say, damn, I had no clue. <laughs> but I, and I get why 49er fans are saying, Jimmy, if, if they both play poorly, who gives us a better chance to win? Well, decision-wise, it should be, Jimmy. If it's not, then you can't even – then there is no discussion. You play Lance tomorrow. But, yes, of course. The, but you got to say, okay, 49ers, Super Bowl roster in the toughest division around. All right, well, let's see how it goes. But if, this, if, if Jimmy starts out and we're one and two – and if, even if you're 2-0 and and you're winning, but you're not doing the things you want to do offensively, coaches will still make a change. If it's now, if Jimmy's playing at a Pro Bowl level, there's no need to make the decision, but you still got to keep Trey Lance engaged and not for the feelings wise, but in case something happens with the history of a few injuries with Jimmy. So, yes, early on, they should know. Hell, if Jimmy's not ahead of Trey Lance, then Jimmy should, we shouldn't even be considering for the job. Of course he is. But when all is said and done and it gets down to, just the brass tacks of it all. Who's going to make more plays for you in big moments is what Kyle's got to ask. Now, we don't know about Trey Lance. We haven't seen it, but I have a hunch that what we're watching is something special, and that's just it. I personally, in the long run, think the floor for Trey Lance is going to be closer to his feet than it is Jimmy's, but I still think Jimmy can play. It's a good problem to have. I just don't see how Trey Lance, considering the things that they can do with him on the edge with which with with what Kyle likes to do with bootlegs mm-hmm. it just adds an extra dimension but if you run Jimmy out there and he's kicking butt and playing well 
okay, it's great luxury. But think about Jimmy. Two, Rob, you, you, you're a fan. I'm a fan. If he goes two games in a row and they win, but he throws two picks in each game, and Kyle, who you know is out, he wants good decisions and wants what's how can we get to another level? And if Jimmy's doing that, they will. Cons- I'm telling you, they're going to consider. Well, we're two and zero, but look at our two and zero. Could Trey Lance have got us to two and zero? I'm rooting for Jimmy. I'm. Ho- I love the, the the whole 49er history. I love great competition. Jimmy should thrive on it. And I'll tell you what else: if you can't handle the competition, Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo. I'm not playing you either. So it's okay to have those feelings of how's this going to work out. But I just, to me, Trey Lance has got more ability. He just does. And the sooner you grasp onto that and get him out there playing, more plays you're going to make. Five of perfect cases last week. Stats were sitting here talking. He was five of 14. Had some sacks. He doesn't quite understand protections yet. Missed some throws out of, you know, being a little over anxious. Had some drops. Yet look how we're talking about him because the five plays he did make were like, damn. (laughs) <laughs> eye opening that and, and that's the way it's going to be early on the key is with the great roster around him can they hold him afloat until he finally the light switch goes on he says oh i know what that strong safety blitz looks like and in the meantime jimmy compete play his butt off and do everything he can to fend him off but it's going to be a difficult task and what i've said is look i look at how kyle shanahan called that game on saturday if he wanted jimmy garoppolo to win the quarterback competition he would have called very conservative plays for trey lance quite frankly he would have called the plays that he ended up calling for jimmy but instead lance gets in there and the first play it's a play action and lance is looking deep now he didn't throw deep because it was covered up but that it was a shot play and then the second play was the 80-yard touchdown pass, which obviously was a deep shot. And even one of the possessions where they started on their two-yard line, Kyle's doing a play-action pass and having Lance throw out of his own end zone 20 yards down the field. Like, Kyle seems like he wants Trey to win this thing. We saw the offseason. You make an awesome point. Listen, what I, here's the things I want to find out early. And, and you first of all, you mentioned it, and I'm so glad you hit this, call a deep shot. And I, try, I told a quarterback earlier today that I was training. I said, listen, when you call a deep shot as we're get, he's getting ready for a season, I said, just because a coach calls a deep ball, the smart player doesn't throw it unless it's open. We'll live to play another day. Hit the five-yard check down. Make me, hit me a single. We'll hit the home run later. The fact that he didn't throw it tells me he already starting to understand mm. what a coach wants out of him. Just because we call a deep ball, if it's double covered, guess what? Throw the check down, throw your second read, get through your progression, and we'll advance. So right off the bat, it tells me that Trey Lance wasn't like, oh, my gosh, he called a deep ball. I got to throw it and force it in there. That's one. And what Kyle's doing, and I'm telling I believe this wholeheartedly, and I, and I see this a lot with young players and veterans that you want to see, well, how are they handling the competition? You put your guy under duress quickly. The best coaches in the world put their players under duress on the practice field and in games. Duress meaning put him in a situation where it sucks bringing him in like he's the closer in a ninth inning game with the bases loaded. Let's find out what he's about. Let's find out. And if it doesn't work, let's see how he responds to it. See that I'm looking at far deeper than just, can you throw a 12 yard outcut? And can you hit a comeback? And can you throw the bank post on time and, and stick it in there where and arm strength, we've already seen Lance's arm strength. I'm also looking at, okay, I'm okay. If he fails in the preseason, come on over here. I want to see, I, I want to know how he's going to respond the next series. Now, right. if he goes into the tank, now we've got some mental work to do, too, then. So I think there's a method to the madness. And I do think Kyle Shanahan wants to give him everything he can in three games to see if what if because the what if exists. What if Jimmy high ankle sprain in game one? What, what now? 
what, what now? And guess what? If he goes in and gives that, leaves his glove on the mound, he's probably not going to get it back. Kyle doesn't want that to happen. He now the best situation, Jimmy goes and plays his rear end off at the end of the year, wherever they end up, somebody says, I'll give you a first rounder for him because his right. value's gone up and you sit there and say, okay, Trey Lance got to watch all year. Now we'll have a whole off season. Hopefully COVID will start to subside and we can have in meetings and do it all. And he hits ground running year two. But I, I, you and I both know Kyle's giddy over this kid or they wouldn't have traded up. Facts. Right. When, when you buy a new car, you don't keep it in the garage. You drive it. That's why you bought it. So yeah, and, you can't, and, and you can't even wait. Matter of fact, the second you put it in the garage, you say, screw that. I'm sleeping in the damn thing. That's how you do it. <laughs> so I am with you, brother. Uh, now, let's get into a couple of things about Lance specifically. There's one area that I'm a little worried about, and I wanted to get your take on this. And it's situationally two minutes before the half, two minute drill in general. North Dakota State was kicking everyone's ass so often that I feel like Lance didn't have to run a lot of two minute drill while he was there. How do you get better at that? Like that, I'm worried about him doing that in the pros. I think I think we worry about everybody that we even even if they did do it in college, Rob, it's it's just different because people ramp it up. But I'll tell you what also clicks. We saw Romo do this and I've seen guys do it that some guys when they get into that drill it's more comfortable for them because they're rolling down the field. They got five or six plays they put in during the week. These are our two minute plays. You're mm -hmm. looking to the sideline, but you're kind of calling your own game. So you're calling what you feel comfortable with. Right. But the lack of experience in those situations. And I'm glad you brought this up too. John Elway and I were at his golf tournament one year and we were sitting, uh, it was like the night before we were having a beer. And I asked John, I said, John, what is it? It was in the middle to late of, a, you know, in his career where he was had 30 comebacks in the fourth quarter or two minute drills. And I simply looked at him as a guy who was not only envious, but as a friend. And I really wanted to know, I said, what is it? That, how does it click in that you're so good at this? Simple question. He said, Sean, I don't know. He says it had the first time it happened when I was young. I took the team down the field and we scored in a two minute drill and everybody said, oh, OK, cool. And then I did it again. And from then on, everybody kind of expected it. And so did I. And that was his answer. There was not scientific. It was not, well, I'm, I'm just mentally tougher than everybody or our game plan. Yes, you got to call the right plays. But remember this, defenses in two-minute drills aren't playing 18 different coverages. They've mm -hmm. got their base defense. And then all of a sudden you cross the 50-yard line, maybe coach will send in a pressure to see if they can handle it. But that's going to be a concern of yours, stats, for, for, for a while. You know why? Because he's going to have one where he's going to do it and excel. And then they'll have one where you say, damn, why'd you force it before the half? Now, let's hope it's before the half and not at the end of the game so right. you have a chance to fix it. But we're not going to know the true answer until – and that's why on the practice field again, and then if there's a two-minute drill, put the ball in his hand in a preseason game and say, Trey, you, you're, you're running this. We'll help you with the timeouts. We've put in six plays that we like to run, six passes and two runs. Don't be flip-flopping formations because it's killing us time-wise. You look over to me for timeouts. Other than that, I point at you. Get them to the line of scrimmage and let's go play. Keep it simple. Give me completions and at least get off this field getting us points. Don't turn it over. Don't take a sack. And if you have that and it's the constant repetition, so you should be because it, well, not only is it North Dakota State where they dominated everybody, he hadn't seen a two-minute drill in two years other yeah. than on the practice field, but you try to simulate it and it's hard to simulate game situation, but that's going to become one of the Marino's done it, Peyton Manning. And at certain times we'll find out some guys just are phenomenal. When the temperature of the game goes up, their blood pressure goes down. The guy in Tampa is pretty good at it. The guy in green Bay ain't half bad at it. 
Elway was spectacular. Peyton Manning, we, we know that. So we're not going to know this. And, and you know what, Stats, maybe three years into his career before you're like, that guy's one of the best third down guys in the league. And the way you get to that, take your chances when they're there. But the truth is the best guys in the world get completions on a two-minute drive. Flip the field and give us a chance. And he's got the ability to do it. Now it's just a matter of got to see it. And you don't get to see it until the real bullets are flying in the fall. And until then, we're all going to have that question on, is he ready from North Dakota State, COVID, now in the 49ers? But he does have this element. A great play caller, George Kittle, Mostert. You got D, but they've got all these different formations to lean on where they're running, their passing game can be an extension of the run and get him easy early completions. And the system sets up for under center and in the gun to have success. And I'd be a lot more worried about what's going on with the Jets or Trevor Lawrence because they're trying to find their way with teams that aren't good. This right. team didn't have to, this team, all they had to do was get healthy. They've got players. And now we're going to find out if the quarterback's the one to get him over the top, meaning Lance, or if Jimmy can hold him off. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, and you obviously with the let it rip quarterback school, this is your area. Uh, the 49ers supposedly at the end of OTAs told Lance, hey, you've got 40 days off coming up. Here's some footwork mechanics, some footwork changes we want you to make. And he came into training camp and apparently looked great. And he was incorporating those and doing a great job. Now in the game on Saturday, John Lynch himself said, that Trey kind of reverted to the old footwork a little bit once he got in the game, which is not unexpected. How hard is it to keep those changes that you make when you're in the first game you've played in basically two years? And it's, a, you know, you got fans screaming. It's your first NFL game. How tough is that? This is such a great question by you because I, I, I this is one of my, I don't know if it's called a sticking point or I harp on to the point where I'm like tired of hearing it myself when I'm talking to players but they have to, and you got to do it. The hardest thing for young guys and like him to do is keep repping something that's boring. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Is you got to fight through the monotony. That's why, I mean, a story about Peyton Manning that I heard when he was like, and, and I'm pretty sure, I mean, I don't think it was fake because they, they were throwing routes against air and Peyton was watching another quarterback throw and he threw and he said, what's the coverage? And the quarterback said, we're playing against air. There is no coverage. Asked him again, said the same thing by the third time he finally got it. Peyton Manning doesn't throw 11, uh, does, doesn't throw against air. Peyton Manning throws against 11 on 11. He wants to know why you're throwing the curl. <laughs> Monotony, well, the, the, the strong safety had uh, curled a flat. He ran to the flat. I looked into the flat. I threw the, the curl off his ear. Or I didn't throw the curl. I took a second hitch and threw the check down. That's what he wants. But I threw the curl. Here's why. And it's a great lesson for a guy who's the greatest grinder in football history in Peyton, right? And a great lesson. So with that, I grind on these guys' stats because they've got to repeat because it, it, we're always, every single one of us, regardless of our job, when we're doing something new and asked to make some subtle changes, but important subtle changes, and sometimes they're not so subtle, is to, to rinse and repeat and do it because we're all going to go back to our comfort zone. Now, if this is like, for instance, Matt Stafford throws that sidearm three-quarter. If somebody came to me and said, Sean, we want you to work with Matt Stafford to change his arm angle, I'd say, I ain't changing Matt Stafford's arm angle. He's throwing for 8 million yards, <laughs> sidearm and three-quarters. Now, if you want me to work his feet in the pocket to put him in position, it's like Jim Furyk's golf swing, that weird figure eight. Mm -hmm. Sometime he's got, at some point in time, no matter what he does, he's got to square the club face. And if he's squaring it like he has all these years and top 10 in the money list, I'm not messing with his, his takeaway. Same thing here. So with Trey Lance, 
You go to, you know, use private quarterback training, you grind on it. And our initial thing is to always go back to what we're comfortable with. But what happens, stats, is the more you do it and the more they see it and the more he watches himself, who should be his toughest critic, and puts the split screen up and say, here's where you were on Monday. Here's where you were in the preseason game. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's where you were in your pride when we taped you just working during seven on seven. And here's your footwork in 11 on 11. It's natural for a guy. The number one thing is to speed up the lower half and slow down the mind. Young players go opposite. They're thinking a million. They feel like there's 15 players and their feet slow down because their mind's trying to make a quick decision. When you can flip it and you can see quick, I always say see quick or see urgent, and your mind slows the game down, but your feet are moving violently and urgently with your upper half quiet, which is a tough thing to do. Things are going to work out. Of course, and you know what he's going to do next game? There's going to come a time when he's going to bail out early because he stared at the rush. He's going to go make a play, and it's going to look good to all of us. And John and Kyle are going to say, dude, this is a great play. But in order for us to get to the next level, hang in there a little longer, sidestep it, reset, hit the crosser for a first down. You don't need to be a hero every play. So the key is, and it's not just in the most undercoached position in sports, and I'm being honest with you, ask Jaws Jaworski about this. Him and I have discussed this. His quarterback. All the offseason stuff, we work on the mechanics, right? We, there are the guys I train, or you know, I think Quincy Avery, I think, trains yep. Trey Lance. And, That's right. And, and Q works with him. And we do all that mechanic stuff and talk football and football IQ and reading coverage and all that. And when you get into the, to, to this regular season, they don't have time to slow down for your mechanics. But then you know what happens, stats? You go, let's say you're having a bad stretch of three games. Then they all look around and say, man, his mechanics aren't going well. That's why the ball's <laughs> sailing on him. Well, no, no crap, Sherlock. I mean, yeah, we don't work on it. So the grind in the offseason, that's why I love teams that have a coordinator, a quarterback coach, and specifically that they're not just because they got to put a game plan in, they got to watch defense, they got to watch tape, but you can't get rid of. Why do you think Tiger Woods or, or Dustin Johnson still have their swing coach tinkering a little before a major? Why? They, do they need it? Maybe not. But that one extra square, the club face, hits it to three feet instead of eight feet. And that's the same with a quarterback. The grind of you can't let mechanics slide. That's why Brady's still doing it. His legs have never gone. When the pressure's at its best, his, he reverts to the best mechanics in the world. Mm-hmm. in the fourth quarter in a two-minute drill, what everybody wants to do. So stats, that's just a, that, that's got to be repetitive and seeing it and being able to self-correct during a game and say, you know what, I'm stepping in the bucket or I'm bailing. I, I saw the pass rush instead of the coverage. I got to quit staring. I got to feel it. And that just comes with the comfort of understanding what defenses are trying to do, understanding protections. He's going to revert back to some of it. But the great thing about it is when you know you've got it and that circle's big and then you start to bring it in and he will – He's not in hell. His mechanics may not be at their best until three years into the league, but the grind in the off season and even during the season of on an off day, even if it's 15 minutes watching some tape and comparing it to game one to game four, you've got to be the greatest self-critic in the world at this position. And if you're sensitive or afraid of work or afraid of doing lonely work, you're, you're going to be, you're eventually going to get caught up too. So it's going to take a minute and he'll revert back, but he's young. And they always rely on their playmaking skills. But once the playmaking skills, the mental part, and the mechanics come together, you're going to win Super Bowls. And everything that you're saying gets fixed only if he's the starting quarterback. None of this stuff happens if he's the backup getting, you know, five reps in practice. So, Stat, I, yeah, what, what did you do? What, what did you study in college? Just curious. In high school, what did you study? Communications. 
Okay, and I study broadcast journalism. Now, you tell me, honest, you know, with all the, the, the stuff, the technical stuff, understanding a camera. And I remember my, one of my final projects, I was a director for a final project. And my guy, who's like the dean of the school, the broadcast school, and we were doing a tele, and he said, Sean, can't, I mean, I'm counting down to start the, it's like a 30-minute talk show, and I got to direct all the cuts. He says, mm-hmm. Sean, camera two's out. We're eight seconds before it starts. And I'm, I'm like, oh, hell. So you, you, you take your shots. You got a bunch of singles. And then you go through and you say, okay, I handled that duress. I wish I'd have had camera two. It's the same thing here that you and I, all the stuff we learn in college and the technical stuff, the very first time you hit that button, that said talk, or the very first time you were on my, the red light came on for me at ESPN on TV. It's like you give them that Brook Trout look that anybody who fishes, it's like, this does <laughs> I, all that stuff. I learned when I dominated in college and made it a in class out the window. So it, it validates your point. That real bullet when 75, when somebody, 2 million people are watching a game on TV and you got to, and you're like, uh, okay, whether it's a studio show, all the stuff you learn, it flies out. Now the real stuff's flying, calm yourself down. Quarterbacks are going to go through the same thing in any line. First time somebody tried to sell a house, if you're a realtor, right. you could have gone to real estate school for two years. The first time you sell a house, you're like, boy, did I screw the pooch on that one. So, <laughs> but if you just keep taking classes, you're not going to learn how to sell a house. So exactly. I, am with, I, I am with you. If you want to maximize it, they're going to maximize it sooner than later. The last thing I wanted to get to you on, on Lance is when he does miss, he seems to miss high. Does that tell you that there's something consistently with his footwork or his throwing motion that he's doing wrong? I promise you, I will watch every throw he makes this year in a game every throw in a game situation i will watch every one of them and tendency and and i didn't i i watched his throws and i was kind of just kind of watching the kid as opposed to going back and studying freezing whereas you know where his feet are and that Mm -hmm. and when the regular season starts you do it because you're just kind of watching see how he handles it and what he does i my initial thing when i see a guy miss high the very and when i'm watching my guys or that i'm training a quarterback is and if I can describe this the best way, you think about sitting in a chair in the pocket, knee bend. Well, when's the last time you saw Kevin Durant shoot a stiff-legged three-pointer? Where he's hyperextension, you know what I'm saying? Or yeah. Steph Curry at the free throw line, or a baseball player like Mike Trout. It's that lower half knee bend explosion through the hitting zone, right? Quarterback's no different. If you picture a guy that that hyperextension where their where their front leg. And Brady's a master at this of keeping not just his back knee bent that he's driving off, but through the throw, not just to the throw, but through it, there's got to be slight knee bend because that's the power base and the hyperextension. Cause I know I did it. You overstride, you hyperextend, the leg gets stiff on the front half. You got to play over the hyperextension ball has tendency to sail. So my initial thought, whenever I hear somebody continually miss high, I'll tell them overflex in the pocket during practice sit down even more than you think with a tall upper body but sit a little more knee flex because when you put gear on and the real bullets are flying just like we said guess what he's going to revert back to a little more stiff leg so i'm going to continue to keep an eye on that that and you mentioned it i don't need to just tell somebody well he keeps missing high let's fix it so when i'm watching it i'm looking for is it knee bend is it is it release point that he let go of the ball too soon high or if he's throwing it into the ground too late low but a lot of times it's corrected with lower half whether it's hyperextension and stiff or it's good knee bend most guys that have great knee bend through the throw in the pocket will not miss high very often 
as usual, Sean, you have made me a better, smarter fan. Oh, thanks, brother. I appreciate it, man. I, I could talk football and life with you every day, and I couldn't be prouder of your career, honestly, yeah. what you've done. I, can't, I couldn't be. Well, Sean, I really appreciate that. Thank you. You do. I'm serious. Everything you've done and, and, and the way you've built your career and the, and the grind and being able to sit here and talk football with you. Like I said, I root for people's success and people that started in the business and have stayed the course. You've earned every bit of it, and uh, I'm honored to be on with you, brother. And I hope I hope I taught the the, the viewers something today. How's that? I'm I'm can guarantee that you did. You can hear Sean on Sports Talk 796 to 10 a.m. Central Time every weekday in Houston. You guys are killing it there, by the way. I just saw the ratings. Congratulations! And thank you, sir. Thank you. I mean, hopefully, let's do this again soon. You know my number, and I'll do it for you anytime, brother. I appreciate you, and I, I'm honored to be on. And uh, go 49ers! It should be a fun year. My thanks again to Sean Salisbury for giving us so much of his time. I thought he said a ton there to react to. Uh, I really like the stuff about Lance's mechanics. I'm really going to keep an eye on that. It sounds similar to something that Alex Smith was accused of a lot when he was here, kind of locking up on that front leg. So I want to see if Lance sort of adjusts that. And I really thought the most interesting thing was the idea of Lance's floor being higher than Jimmy Garoppolo's floor. Because that, I think, is the biggest fear of 49ers fans, is that, well, Jimmy's ceiling might be lower, but we think his floor is higher. Well, we'll find out. And the only way to find out is if Trey Lance gets in there and and see and we get to see how he reacts to adversity. What, what happens when he does miss that blitzer? Does he use his mobility to make a play? You know, when things don't go according to plan... What does he do? Because we've seen what Jimmy Garoppolo does, and it's pretty much nothing. So if Lance can compensate in those situations, then his floor would be higher than Jimmy Garoppolo's floor. So hopefully we'll get to see that more on Sunday night against the Chargers. I hope Kyle gives Trey a bunch of run. I hope we get to see him in two minutes in those kind of game-critical situations. It's going to be fun, man. Either way, it's going to be so much fun. You would think that regardless of who Kyle picks, the 49ers are just going to have a much, much better quarterback situation this year than they've had really in any of the four years that he has been the head coach. So that's going to do it for this edition of the show. I want to remind everybody, please rate, review, and subscribe or follow to the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We're going to try and do more of these interviews. Um, Also, remember... After every game this year, we will be doing a live instant reaction podcast that will stream to the Niners Nation YouTube page, also to my Twitter page, at Stats on Fire, if you'd like to go that route. It's a much less formal show. It's a much less structured show. Uh, We like to take questions from you and respond to your questions. Usually it's me. Levin Black will jump in there. Kyle Posey will be in. Hopefully a bunch of other people also. Uh, So we really hope you do join us for that. We will break everything down for you after every single game. Enjoy your weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you after the game on Sunday.